For those who may be visiting, this is a time where I give my older kids sermon. We had a wonderful sequence of gospel readings over the last couple of weeks that had to do with what we do with what we have. Uh, Jesus was focusing in the gospel of Luke a lot about caring for the person next to us, not being in, um, ignorant and dismissive or not seeing the needs of the people next to us. So we heard a sequence of gospels that was talking about care for our brother and sisters in needs. Today, we encounter yet another gospel reading, and it has to do with Christ going into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and there's a woman who's sick there for 18 years, the gospel tells us, and for 18 years, she has literally, literally been bent over. It says that she was so bent over that she could never straighten herself up. And so you can imagine what this must have meant for this woman, that people would speak to her, people would try to communicate with her, and all she could see was their feet. In fact, she probably couldn't lift herself even to see them in the face. She would always have to be looking from the side. So this kind of tormented situation for this woman, and in this great synagogue with a lot of people coming in and out, Jesus sees her and says to her, woman, you are freed of your infirmity. And it says he went over and he touched her. And as soon as he touched her, she straightened up. Forgive me just a moment. As soon as the Lord touches her, she sits upright. And everyone in the synagogue is amazed except the ruler of the synagogue. And he doesn't address Jesus in the instance. He turns to the people and says, there are six days to be healed. You come on one of those days, not on a Sabbath day. Instead of thanking the God for this great miracle of this poor woman being able to be situated upright for the first time in 18 years, she saw the man, Jesus. He's more concerned about following the strict law, the letter of the law, and he misses the whole point. And Jesus, you see, sometimes we have interesting details in the gospel that are worth noting. Jesus always distinguishes between the sinner and the sin that's committed, right? He loves the sinner. He embraces the sinful woman caught in the act of adultery. He embraces the tax collectors who were cheating the people, and he makes them his own disciples. He specializes in converting people who were not good into really good. One thing he doesn't distinguish between is hypocrisy and the hypocrite. In this instance of this gospel, Jesus is pretty packing a punch. And he says, you hypocrites, you rulers who follow the law by the letter, you hypocrites, how many of you on the Sabbath will untie your ox or your donkey to give it water? Is that not working on the Sabbath? 
And this woman, this poor woman, who's also a daughter of Abraham, who Satan, he says, has bound 18 years, has been healed, and you have a big problem with that. As he said this, it says in the gospel, all of his adversaries were put to shame, and the people rejoiced at all the glorious things that were done by Jesus. What a scene. It's hard for us to, you know, conceptualize the magnitude of what happened. Someone was here every day, 18 years in this church, bent over and was touched up here. And miraculously, you could tell the buzz in the church, the joy, the excitement. And then the ruler of the church said, that's a shame. It shouldn't be done. That's the intensity of the moment. And we're not talking Brookville. We're talking one of the great synagogues of the ancient world. And the truth is, friends, that all of us, to some degree or other, have been bent over. We have been bent over by the burden, perhaps, of secret disappointments. We've been bent over, perhaps, the disappointments, the fear of being in public shame, people finding out what we did. And so we lay bent over, possibly by the ill conduct of some of our family members, maybe our own selves, but also our family members. The grief at the loss of a friend, a child, a parent, bent over with grief, bent over with being betrayed by people or backstabbed by people bent over by a broken marriage, a broken child, bent over. This is something that I've been encountering often. I can't say a whole lot, but often. Bent over by the fear of dying. And for 18 years of our lives, we stay bent over, trapped, looking down, trapped, not able to pick our heads up, trapped, not able to stand upright. We're caught bent over. But guess what? Jesus always sees the people in greatest need. Because think about it, she did not see Jesus in this huge crowd in the synagogue. It was Jesus who saw her bent over and hurting and suffering and said, woman, you're healed of your infirmity. And he touches her, and she sits upright. This is a beautiful image for us to carry. Because think of the fact, friends, that in the sacrament of Holy Communion, as I like to say, we are touched by Christ. And so whatever is bending us over, whatever burden we're carrying for so long, when we come to the holy chalice with faith, the requisites, what are the prerequisites of going to the chalice? With the fear of God, with faith, and with love. That's what the priest says. Come forth to the holy chalice. Do you have fear of God? Not fear like, oh my God, not like that. But this high degree of reverence for God this high degree of faith in God and this high degree of love for God. 
Imagine if you touch Christ and he straightened up your grief. He took care. He, he straightened you up from your fear of dying and your fear of whatever fears dominated your life. Maybe it's also something that I've been hearing more often is this kind of defeatist attitude about yourself. I'm no good. I'll never amount to anything. My brother or my sister is better than me in every category. My parents always lifted up and praised. My sibling, I was always second fiddle. I was never good enough. Maybe that's bending you over. Imagine if you went to Christ and he helps you and he makes you walk with the head up and stand up. I said in the children's sermon the idea of the billion trillion stars because I wanted hopefully to convey to them that in the billion trillion, God still sees you. In the billion trillion, you know, stars, but in the billions of people on earth, in all of these situations, God sees you. God sees what's tormenting you. And think about it in this way, because as you know, I like to use images, that you're in Christ's, you ever go to the ICU, and in the ICU, unfortunately, I hope none of you have to go, but oftentimes we go, they have the, the uh, uh, solidness, the tubes, and the monitors hooked up to the patient, right? And what's really remarkable about the ICU is that they can monitor a patient without being in the room. They're at the nurse station, or nowadays, I'm even told, through sugar diabetes, and they can monitor when you're at home. They can read your heart rates, they can read your sugar diabetes, and keep an eye on you, right? So in a sense, Jesus has all of us in his ICU. He never takes his eyes off of us. He never, he can read what's hurting us without us even seeing him, but he sees us. This is a message I want to leave you with. So when we go to Christ bent over, friends, he's there to straighten us up, to lighten what we have. And I think that this is one of the reasons why this gospel is placed now right before Christmas. Because Christmas is, in essence, the bending back of the fallen world. It's the universal bent back. You know, humanity fell, Adam and Eve fell, the world fell, nobody lived up to what they should have been throughout human history. God sends his son. And the son says, all of that hurt and grief, all of that pain, all that suffering, all of which keeps you bent looking to the ground, I have come to straighten and pull back through dying on a cross for all of you. So it's God's love for humanity that bends back. And in one sense, this is the power of Christmas, that in spite of and despite of a world that has been bent so far, Christ can and will and does bend us back. But we need one thing, and I'll close here. We have to go to him, and he has to touch us. I know a lot of people who are not here today that used to be here, 
meaning in church. I know a lot of people who for one reason or another, because of COVID and the comfortableness of their home, because of the fears that have bent them so bent out of shape after COVID, are not coming to church anymore. And so I wonder if they will ever experience God's touch. Perhaps. But certainly I think all of us here today have a sacred responsibility to make a phone call and to reach out to someone we know is in need of meeting the Lord, being helped by the Lord. Make that your Christmas gift to someone at this period. The gift of bringing them to be touched by Christ in his church through his holy sacraments. May God bless us all and may God give us the strength to continue our journey towards Christmas with his blessings, knowing that he has the ability to do even that which we can't even imagine. Even he knows the billion trillion stars. <laughs>